So good morning. Um, good day. Um, so welcome to this session of this retreat. Uh, wonder how it's going for you. Uh, how you are right now and yeah, I just invite you to just check in with yourself a little, maybe just settle and notice how the body is, how the mind, how the heart is, what's happening. And I don't know if it helps you to to listen in this way, but for me, I I think over the years that learning to listen to talks and uh, guided meditations and so on in this grounded, spacious way, whereby we're really highlighting a sense of, you know, just mindful presence, uh, feeling our whole body, feeling a sense of our being. It's really like the space through which the, the words are passing. And I, I don't know if that works for you, but I find that helpful is in this context to sort of listening with the heart, we could say, or listening from the body or the you know, um, so that we can listen in, in a way, a deeper way, not just to the ideas and the concepts which we coach or track and study, you know, and uh, which, which, you know, there's definitely time and place for that in our lives. But in the spirit of the kind of simplification that we're, we're having the opportunity to do, again, to a greater or lesser extent, depending on conditions, you know, both inwardly and outwardly. But it's a sense of, I don't have to think so much about this or what I'm saying. And there's a kind of discernment, like, as I say, listen for what resonates. And maybe there's a word or an image or a phrase, but that really you are allowing the talk, the dharma, the teachings to um, go in. To kind of meet you where you are. And on a, on a retreat like this for more experienced people and no particular schedule, no particular technique or approach being taught, we're really inviting you to feel and find your own thread or threads of practice. And that, I think that that takes a kind of deep inner listening. And for many of us, we don't trust ourselves or we're not very in touch with the inner guide. We're scurrying around, sort of trying to, you know, figure out what they say and what he says and what she says. And 
you know, all that. Um, just this deep inner listening, abiding. So really that settling. So again, finding your own balance, seeing what's needed. You know, maybe this whole retreat for you is really just about resting and settling. And that's really fine. So then the words and the occasion, this sort of, this way of gathering together is just an opportunity for you to breathe out, breathe in, breathe out a little more deeply. To really, really feel free, you know, give yourself the space to um, keep it really simple. You don't have to go off on great pathways of thinking. <laughs> you can if you want. And it might happen anyway. So that's okay too. <laughs> but even there, you know, we can use the note thinking. Hmm. I managed to surmount another technical obstacle and listen to Bante Budrakita's talk on working with thoughts and emotions yesterday. He, well, this, I hope you've had a chance to listen to that. It's really, really helpful. And I was just remembering the helpfulness for some of us at sometimes to to use a kind of gentle form of noting. So today I want to kind of kind of develop a bit more this theme of space or spaciousness, spacious awareness. When I was in the conversation yesterday at the uh, um, Zoom gathering, Union, Zoom. Anyway, it's all there. Hopefully you, it's all been sorted out now. We had, again, a bit of technical difficulty with that yesterday, but hopefully now it's clear. Anyway, just this sense of how with the spaciousness, I mean, sometimes it can get a bit vague. Or, and so, you know, or, or the mind is just getting very swoopy and soupy and dull. So then noting can be really helpful. Or when it's really whizzy and zoomy and buzzy and kind of wild, it's like, oh, okay, wild. You know, that could be a note. <laughs> you can't really pick out any of the strands. Or, you know, the emotion, it's like not always so clear. I don't know, is it dark? Mm. No, kind of just ooh, something. So again, the note something. Or you can again sometimes it's very clear. Or anxiety, mm. apprehensive. Sometimes the right word is incredibly helpful, and that can take a time. Like, what do I really feel? I don't know. We have some assumptions. We have some sort of yeah preconceived notions because of our patterns and the way we've labelled things for years. is it really again this this questioning this sort of investigating curious kind of aspect of what I'm sort of developing of a sense of learning to enter and abide in a spacious kind interested awareness Um, and so if we're opening to that sense of just seeing where the attention is drawn and like oh noticing that being aware of that and that very gentle label can sometimes be very helpful so noting you know thinking I think is a very 
is the word thinking a helpful label because it can save a lot of um, additional thinking <laughs> about well, what is it I'm thinking about? Well, it's kind of about this and it's kind of about that and <laughs> and just also isn't there something wonderfully impersonal and kind of just like this is a human mind doing this thinking. Ah. And then this awareness, again, that sort of sense of aware of rather than lost in, which again is such a, so that's one of the things we're really training in, isn't it? With this coming coming back to, oh, knowing what's happening, being aware. And then that process of sometimes a very, very subtle. Yeah, that's so interesting as well. It's not just the strong emotions and it's a very subtle senses of, we're floating in a kind of mood tone and we kind of don't realize it until something bang it's like oh and we realized we were kind of lost in something and uh and didn't realize it so this is very again different levels and ways and even just noting um like hearing i don't know if you can hear it through the recording that it's raining here Can you hear that? I know you can't say yes or no, but <laughs> I hope you can hear the rain. But if you can't, then you can hear, open to hearing where you are. You know, there's usually some kind of sounds happening, very quiet or very loud or, you know, sort of internal sounds or sounds in the room or sounds outside. I was really touched by listening to Bante's talk and hearing, at least I think, you know, again, perception being what it is, who knows what it was. It might have been somebody watching the TV in the next room. Anyway, it sounded like <laughs> the sounds of the town or village where where he is. And I opening to that, hearing that, hearing his voice and sort of that sense of the context of his life, just get a little hint of that. It's really lovely, really a kind of for me opening to metta, to loving kindness. Um, and also kind of, again, what brings balance. And so we can experiment a little bit. And I think mindfulness of hearing sounds, you know, whether they're pleasant or unpleasant, really helpful, sometimes very steadying, very, very balancing. And it has that quality of spaciousness in a way, kind of because especially with sounds that seem to be coming, you know, this way, um, it kind of shifts our attention sort of a little bit away from our core activation zone, which for most of us is probably the torso, areas of the torso. So going to hearing can be very, you know, helpful. So we might be practicing following with the body, the breathing, such as, you know, Bante and I have been suggesting, you know, or you might just experiment spending a whole sitting just being with hearing. Yeah. Mindfulness externally and internally. And, uh, hmm. it's trying to, get that balance between being experimental and being 
what's the word I might use, rushing around, trying a bit of this and a bit of that, <laughs> a little more intentional and steady, and so that we so that we have time, we really give ourselves time with these different modes and kind of like Bante was talking about working with emotions and compulsive thoughts and and how that can be a whole field or kind of mode of practice where we're 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 really kind of allowing awareness and wisdom to grow in that arena you know in that arena so again as a mindfulness um exercise but knowing that there are different skillful means so again in terms of strengthening the heart and mind this this there's something about flexibility i don't know if this is true for everybody but there's a can be a kind of sort of frozen fixed sort of clinging to one thing or one way or one mode of attention and to begin to realize we can again as i was saying you know yesterday the day before um clear intention really clear intention but a kind of flexibility of attention and again that's just one approach as for you to sort of feel out for yourself what's what's helpful so i just want to say a little bit more and then give some sort of suggestions for practicing with, with spaciousness which yeah we've already been touching on so i just want to try and say something about um what spaciousness or what space means psychologically in in the in the buddha dharma particularly in the buddhist psychology but i i i think this can also give help to some there are different ways of um evoking that sense of space because it's just a perception but it's a skillful perception so a way of kind of connecting with that, opening to that, perceiving that kind of so so physical space is an obvious thing to start with, isn't it? It's like so with your eyes open now, I can see the space of the room, and actually if I let my focal point rest somewhere so softly, somewhere not sharply, I can see with my peripheral vision the whole room and the zafus and Marlon and. <laughs> the light and you know it's kind of just right there there's a sense of spaciousness and then if I let it go further I can sort of feel the outside a little bit through the windows again without looking so it's like seeing is receiving it's not like look 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 dart around looking oh that's over there and that's over there this is a kind of rested so we're taking care of that kind of settledness and sometimes it's easier to find it externally and then at some point we can close our eyes and sort of start to evoke or connect to sort of that sense of space inside and for some and for some it's sometimes you know maybe it's actually easier to find it internally so interesting and then we open our eyes and we suddenly feel like kind of uh, yeah hemmed in again trapped so interesting right so we can sort of that external space and then the internal space with the if the inner inner world feels very contracted and tight and that it can maybe get a bit of hint hints through the perceptions through the visual field like, oh, space. 
And something as simple as that, I think, can make a huge difference in the moment. Again, it's, it's not so much the way dukkha is sort of generating out of sort of what we're perceiving in the, in the moment, and that can shift quite so like, oh, hmm. you know, feel terrible, feel mad, oh, you know, sometimes it's more subtle, and it's not something we can necessarily do, you know, like, okay, do that, and then I'm fine. Um, but being open to that, being open to that possibility, that, that, that what feels so solid and fixed, and like Bante was saying, we sort of cling to mind states and emotions and stories, like, and then I tell this story sometimes during talks, I'll just mention it now, because it was such a teaching. Years ago, near Gaia House, I was on a walk with a friend, and I'm very upset about something, everything, I know. And we were walking past a house where there was a dog that I loved very much called Polly. And I saw Polly and my mind just went, oh, Polly. <laughs> it was just like, love, meta, just sort of. And then uh, just greeted Polly, said hello, and then went kind of almost like switched back to the misery channel. So just... I think that I, I try to remember that when I'm caught in something that, that that feeling okay or even joyful is <laughs> it can just shift in a moment. And you probably see that in your life in your in different ways. And again, you have to be so patient because it isn't something we can just, you know press the button and it and it works and even technology as I am discovering doesn't work like that either <laughs> you press the button and sometimes it don't work <laughs> so um yeah so this psychological sense of space something about I must I've been thinking that actually it feels more like a an equanimity practice so we we almost have this intention to be with whatever's happening with equanimity, with a kind of sense of, okay, balance, non-reactivity, dispassion. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and there's this, there's that. Sound, sight, pleasant, unpleasant, scary, annoying. Can you hear that sort of tone of equanimity? So the Buddha talks about two kinds of equanimity. Uh, um, just briefly touch on it. Of, with equanimity based on diversity. So there's a sense of here we are in the with the sense world, you know, mind and eyes and ears and all this happening, and we're finding our balance, finding a sort of steadiness with all of that. And then there's equanimity based on unity or unification, which is more that deep, quiet, still gathered equipoise of mind and heart that can happen when things get quiet and settled. So I find that quite helpful and that they're both they're both really important and both needed. Um, so maybe we can have that sense of um non-reactive that that could be your way in right that that's ah and then you can feel that sense of 
steady steadiness and space, some kind of space around experience or um, a more spacious attitude, right? Not so, got to fix it, got to, yeah, this kind of tight, kind of clinging-based reactivity. Um, we can We can enter a sense of spaciousness through shifting our sense of time, and kind of moving from time-bound to timelessness, like a sense of you know, what happens if we kind of start to let go of the, pre- the, the future and the past, and just more and more here, 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 now, here. Mm-hmm. Like to me, in my experience, that actually can just very simply, even just the intention, it's like that can create a sense of space, and 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 just unhooking a bit from the pressure of got to and um, yeah. So um, let's see, yeah, more could be said. Maybe I'll just say one other thing, and then. We'll get more into the uh, meditation kind of mode. Um, images with some of us, images are so helpful with all different aspects of practice. With almost any um, wholesome state that we are wanting to cultivate, you know, whether it's a sense of of, of spaciousness or kindness or courage or any other wholesome quality, the images of beings, of places, of mm, maybe more abstract images, can be really, really helpful. Um, so, um, sky, this is something that is really prominent in some parts of the Tibetan tradition of this sky-like mind. So I'll be touching on that a bit. Um, Big Mind Meditation by Joseph Goldstein, if you want to. It's a sky-like mind uh, phenomenon. (laughs) Um, Ocean, which is something I'm very drawn to, the sea and the ocean, our sense of kind of the image of our being, of our experiential field and world being kind of somewhat oceanic and everything that that sort of evokes, both the different creatures and forms of life in it and also its vastness. Yeah. Um, or, or a desert, I know, depending on, again, sensibilities and temperaments, that sense of that wide open space, if you've ever been somewhere like that, or we're just li- looking out over the surface of the sea. Um, so images like that can really, really help. Uh, it's a skillful use of the imagination, not proliferative, but very intentional and kind of... Mm, um, like particular, you know, 
relevant, meaning, you know, useful for you. Okay, so I um, hope some of that is, is helpful. Um, so I want to offer just maybe some ways, just to sort of weigh into, a way into this more spacious sense. And again, really leave that to your own discernment to feel and sense what's helpful in that. And, you know, no need to pick it up as a style of practice, but just maybe see what might be helpfully included in, 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 in your own practice. Just share this quote from the Buddha to it's like he encouraged again this flexibility of mind. I've, I've been really this this theme of strengthening the mind. I think so much of it is about flexing and flexibility and pliability, which is one of the qualities of samadhi. So I feel like that settling and the cultivation of samadhi is, is very very key part of strengthening the mind and maybe this spacious awareness can help again with that that can be in itself a, a theme that the mind can really settle and absorb into so that can be very conducive to um, as a way of, of developing samadhi as well as mindfulness so the buddha said um, develop a mind that is vast like space where experiences both pleasant and unpleasant can appear and disappear without conflict, struggle or harm. Mm. So just invite you to settle into posture. Feel free to shift your posture if you want to stand or lie down then feel free. We'll just shift your, just stretch a little bit and find as comfortable a posture as you can that has that sense of ground, grounding and uprightness, you know, willingness to be present, to be awake to what's happening. So we can gently, patiently feel our way into a kind of wide or spacious awareness or friendliness, We're kind of interested, it has interest, it's kind of curious, been in a very receptive kind of like I sometimes think like a satellite dish, receiving receiving so we're developing strengthening our capacity to receive and then the wisdom which develops which discerns sort of what's what's what and 
what's skillful and what to just let float straight through and what we can actually start to incline towards and again the perceptions that are helpful feeling the contact of the body with the ground is often a really helpful one can help the body and the mind to feel more able to 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 rest to let go to relax to soften it feels like so much of the time we walking around kind of holding ourselves up or holding ourselves in or it's like this we can let go of some of that in this sort of resting earthing or grounding and it's a, I think a really good partner to spaciousness so when we get in a bit spacey or lost we can just come back touch touch a bit of grounding so spend some time with that and then the sense of opening up what's 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 happening um, what might we perceive if we're interested and receptive in the next little while so that attitude of wonder and kind of you know not knowing in a way so three little anchors for you if you if you want if you want to use them first is ground uh, second is receptively aware and the third is what's happening now or aware of what's happening now receptive to that so ground receptive awareness and it, it's almost a sense of just allowing whatever is happening to be what's happening and we are simply showing up with interest to see oh um hmm, wonder what's happening in there <laughs> with as much ease as we can find with interest with with spaciousness so just again I, I'll just leave some silence for you to just explore those themes if you if you want to or to just practice in any way and that feels most helpful for you right now and then I'll ring the bell and I'll just say something in closing So ground, grounding, and spending as long with that as, as feels helpful. 
might just stay with that for the whole period. An interest in, in what's happening, a kind of open, open-minded, open way. Receptive. And with a sense of, again, resting. Non-demanding. Allowing.
So just before we close this session, um, it's real encouragement again to to you to um, pause. the end of a sit or a walk or whatever you're doing, that practice of pausing and waiting and seeing and discerning what might be helpful to do some walking or some exercise or some lying down or some standing or to continue sitting, just to really take that time to savor whatever is feeling beneficial just, just um, take that in there's a little more steadiness at times or non-reactivity then just really I noticing those moments and to really follow your own rhythm again in a retreat like this you're really very self-guiding and in that regard, with these uh, sessions, you might, because um, they're recorded, you could just listen later. Right? So I just, just to really encourage you, it's lovely to come and the live thing is something special and connecting in that. But you know, really feel free to listen later if that just feels better for you. Um, you can spread the talks out. We um, yeah, so we, we want to encourage you to engage in a way that feels most supportive for you. So the rest of the day, so you know what's on the menu. Um, when we meet again in about an hour and a quarter, will be a guided meta meditation, loving kindness meditation. And then there'll be the Q&A. And then this afternoon, the talk will be on um, medita, or gladness, appreciative joy. And... Yeah, the whole art and craft and skill of gladdening the heart and mind. So, uh, yeah. So I wish you a very, very beneficial day of practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.